The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Welcome to The Adventure Jogger, everybody. Jeff Stafford is in my kitchen right now. Another episode in our series of making sure that 2022 is your best year of running. The heavy hitters have come out for this episode in the series. First off, he is the heart and soul of the ultra community. His laugh can bring you out of the deepest funk. His words of wisdom can inspire you to do stupid things. Andy Jones Wilkins is on the Adventure Jogger. Welcome, Andy. Hey, Ryan. Thank you for that introduction. It's great to be here, and Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year to you as well. Um, And Andy brought a heavy hitter with him. Um, She was number four on the Ultra Runner of the Year for this year. She's also run the fourth fastest time at Western States, among many other things. Brittany Peterson is on the Adventure Jogger. Welcome, Brittany. Hey, thanks for having me. So I know uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of this episode and why you guys are on, um, I know a lot of people right now are saying, whoa, Brittany Peterson is on the adventure jogger. What um, is going on? Right. You know, you, you think back a couple months ago, Anton came on the adventure jogger. It was the first podcast he did after his comeback. And you're saying, has the adventure jogger taken a step up in the podcast world? Are we a legitimate you know, first or second tier podcast now? Have we moved from the tertiary world to primary or secondary? And the answer is no. And people are wondering, <laughs> how, how do you get these guests on? And, and the, the real answer is, Andy Jones Wilkins owes me money. And that's, so that's the bottom line he has right been there. paying that back uh, slowly but surely by bringing these great guests in. I believe it was uh, Western States this year, I was at a Ralph's doing some last minute shopping for the crew when I heard this voice go, oh, I don't know why my credit card's not working. And I'm like, I, I know this voice. And so I walked to the register. Andy Jones Wilkins is there with a conveyor belt full of beer. And he's buy, he wants to buy it for his big Western States kegger that he always hosts yeah. the night before. Never been invited to this thing. And so as Andy's trying to explain to the cashier that he is a big deal, and he, he will come back and pay, she's not having it. So I step up, I pull out the, the Discover Platinum card, and I say, Dubs, I got gotcha. you. And I swiped, and it went through, and Andy's like, how can I repay you? Or he said, how can I repay you, Ryan? And I didn't ask to be invited to the kegger, but I said, someday, Andy, I'll call you. And I'll have to use your influence to get big people on the podcast. You didn't mention the 15% you charge them on that loan, though. <laughs> so, so that's that's the real real story behind. Just know, Brittany, that you know, I think he's now down to like $100 that he owes me. And so you're getting him one step closer to never having to speak to me again. <laughs> there you go. So all of that to say, I thought it'd be great to have you guys on because, Brittany, something that I don't know if a lot of people know this about you you have an incredible ability to kind of balance it all. You're, 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 you've got a pretty busy, active, regular life outside of running, and you're this professional, you know, level one 
you know, elite ultra runner. I mean, you run for Nike for crying out loud. Nike doesn't let anybody on the team. Guess how many times Nike, uh, Nike's emailed me asking me to join the team? Zero. And so I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about how do you, how do, you do it, Brittany? How do you maintain that healthy balance between training at an elite level, but also, you know, having, having a job and having, having a rich social life? So we'll kind of, kind of start from there. Well, I just remember what 2019 when I got second at Western States, I was, you know, still, I mean, I think I had just barely met AJW at the race. And then after the race, we ended up kind of chatting a little bit. And he, I think one of the first things that you said to me was like, don't quit your job, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which, which I feel like, I mean, gosh, you oscillate on that of like, okay, I get this once in a lifetime opportunity. Should I just plunge all the way in? But at the same time, I kind of transitioned into professional running after, you know, gosh, like seven years as an occupational therapist working in a hospital. Yeah. And, you know, master's degree and just a whole different side of my life where I feel like, I mean, that's valuable. And I've kind of woven my way around, like it's complicated to be a full-time, you know, athlete as well as a full-time professional. Um, but I feel like I've found my home the last I've been, this is my fourth year in academics. So I am an occupational therapist by trade, but I now teach in an associates program. So I teach for an occupational therapy assistant program, which I feel like, so that was like the number one thing that afforded me the ability to find a little bit better homeostasis because working in a rehab hospital, you know, neurological clients, hard work, you know, heavy burden, high stress, you know, that probably wasn't sustainable or would have been a lot more challenging. And so I feel like I found my way into academics and now it's like the perfect blend of both worlds of sharing my passion with students while still being able to have a little bit more flexibility for high level training and traveling and racing. That's very interesting. Andy, you, you see Brittany finish second at Western States and, and, and an incredible performance. And you're like, okay, it's time to dispense some of the dub knowledge here. She's going to get into my world. What, 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 why did you say, what was one of the first things you said to her after she has that huge finish? You know she's going to blow up. That was a performance that, that takes you into the stratosphere. Why was it important for you to say like, hey, don't quit your job? You know, I'm going to answer that question, but I, I I hope you all realize, and I'm sure you're accustomed to this. You guys know you're the third, you're tied for the third smartest people on this podcast. Third smartest. <laughs> no, no, he's smarter than me. He's a helicopter pilot. I'm the, I'm the idiot on this podcast. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, uh, yes, it's obviously one of the things Brittany and I, uh, you know, clicked on is we're both in, in academia. I mean, she's yeah. in you know, in, in colleges and universities and I'm in, you know, middle school and high school. But, but, you know, when you have an academic job and you, you know, I mean, the, one of the nice things about an academic calendar is you do have sort of these natural times off. What kind of the main reason I said that in, in 2019 is that I've just seen so many people dive a, a whole, whole hog into professional running and burn out real quick right Mm -hmm. um particularly some that come from teaching or um or another profession uh, a service profession so part of my saying that was tongue-in-cheek but part of it was also 
getting a sense of who Brittany was and is, yeah. which is a person who functions really well, having a lot of balls in the air and, and needing to juggle a lot of uh, things at the same time and, and being stimulated in other ways other than just training and racing. And so, um, you know, Brittany's and, and she, she may talk about this, but I'll go ahead and she she's fortunate enough to have, you know, she works in a in a field that allows flexibility, mm-hmm. a field that that understands, you know, her her uh, window of opportunity as a as an ultra, a, a very, very highly competitive ultra runner, but also th- that it has so many gifts to give to her profession outside of running that I think is, is really important. So that was what, what motivated that initial conversation. Now I want to go to the, 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 the actual 2019 race, mm-hmm. because part of the reason my, my friendship, you know, with Brittany was sparked there is, and she'll, she would be the first to tell you this, you go going into that 2019 race, she was under the radar, right? Yeah. She'd run ultras for a while, um, uh, but had been really competitive in Europe, some of uh, you really good in the sky running and the highly technical stuff. And I just outed her. I can't remember what podcast it was or, but, but I outed her and I run far and, <laughs> and, uh, trail runner nation. And I basically said, watch out, Brittany's going to like get top five or something, yeah. some, something like that. And she noticed that I noticed you know, really kind of under the radar, but yeah. she noticed that I noticed. And, and then what, you know, lo and behold, she goes and gets second and it's not just any second, right? It's like the most competitive, you know, crucible of yeah. uh, ultra running right. Western States has ever seen. You know, it was uh, unfortunately Courtney DeWalter had an injury around mile 78, 80. She was way ahead. She dropped out. Then all of a sudden it was like game on. And Claire Gallagher and Brittany Peterson had like a race to remember. And it was incredible to see. And so my, my, I mean, my, for both Brittany and Claire, like that's an indelible thing in my head being a, the Western States geek that I am. So, I mean, it, that, that was part of it. And then, you know, all we've been through in the last two years has just kind of cemented the fact that it's a really good thing. You didn't quit your job. So Brittany, <laughs> let's go back to, to 2019 leading up to Western States you're flying under the radar, you know, your your Brittany Peterson Instagram. It's not, I mean, it's not light. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, like small, like the adventure joggers Instagram, but you're not, you're not blowing it up. And all of a sudden some guy yaks something on some podcast and all of a sudden, da ding, da ding, da ding, da ding, da ding. When did you, (laughs) when did you realize that you had been outed by the dubs as this as this dark horse like, what have you done rolling into western <laughs> states was it was it was it 5000 instagram followers yeah. in you're like what is going on here um i'm kind of thinking that maybe a lot of people were still on the yeah we'll we'll see about that because <laughs> it didn't happen until i actually showed up and yeah. got that second place that probably saw actual changes but i think for me like just mentally you know, I knew what I was capable of, but I hadn't, you know, proven myself at the hundred mile distance or of course at Western States, that was my first time there. So I feel like, you know, I had spent my time on the course, was really familiar, had a good game plan, knew what to do and how to execute. Um, And so I think hearing that on that podcast being called out as the dark horse, it was kind of that, 
one external validation outside of my immediate circle of like someone else has noticed this and someone else has confidence you know because like okay if you look at like the popularity contest like i run far does the pre-race polling and i think right. i was like 23rd because you know people right. didn't know what i could do and i hadn't proven myself mm-hmm. in that regard so i was totally under the radar which is a good thing but at the same time can kind of mess with like confidence too you know so having that somebody that i i recognize from the sport somebody that has a lot of clout in the sport to recognize that in me was just a huge boost for sure was there any part of you that was like gee shit now I got a target on my back. You're like, because like, you could sneak in under the radar. No one's expecting you, right? And then all of a sudden, everyone's going, who is this yeah. Bratney? Pat- Bratney? Yeah, Bratney? Right. Pat- like, the people are, are asking that question, but then all of a sudden, the spotlight is on you. Because, I mean, let's be honest. If AJ's throwing your name out there, AJW's throwing your name out there, people are taking it seriously. They're not like, oh, that's just the town idiot talking again. I mean, it, it, it means a lot when your name gets dropped. Yeah, I think, you know, the cool thing is, is I had developed relationships with a lot of the other like elite women. Mm -hmm. Um, So I knew that in the like competitors mindset, I knew that I wasn't necessarily left out. Yeah. Um, So I think that helped, you know, just already go in, like knowing that I'm there to compete. Um, But I mean, it's certainly nice to fly under the radar in like a grand scheme of things Mm -hmm. where you know, it just takes some pressure off, but I don't know. I mean, did it really take pressure off? Cause I was so in my head anyway, because I'm putting that pressure on myself already. Yeah. So I think, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the whole, I didn't feel like I was totally outed. Um, but it was more of the like, Oh, someone's paying attention and my name's thrown in the mix. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out, Brittany, that um, AJW did tell me to not quit my day job at some point, too, but it was an insult when he said it to me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Completely different tone. You really shouldn't quit your job. Don't don't quit your day job, Ryan. Don't. Is how how he said it. So let's talk about your job for a second. You're an occupational therapist. That's a job that requires you to be very physical, you know, day in and day out. It's not like you're making memes for BuzzFeed where you're sitting on a computer all day you're posting stupid pictures you're you're actually doing hard work every single day does that kind of help do you think having a job that is physical does it does it help you in your training a bit where someone that has a job that requires a lot of sitting down a lot of desk work may not see those benefits um i'm not exactly sure because I mean, that's whenever I contemplate like, oh, should I be full time athlete or whatever? You know, I go back to I got to where I am working a strenuous hospital job. Yeah. Um, You know, that was hard. So I feel like I mean, it just goes to show like I'm capable of doing a strenuous job. But I also think you have to look at where is your energy being you know, put where. You know, am I wasting energy or am I compromising myself? And that's where I do feel like the segue into academics has ultimately been better because, I mean, I still do transfers. I still am doing physical things, but it's certainly not the same as, you know, doing transfers over and over with people that are twice my size and they have significant limitations. So I do feel like, I mean, sure, there's there's pros of physical jobs, but there's also if you're doing too much, you're at risk for injury or, you know, am I putting 
energy and strength into something that maybe isn't as productive for running. So I do feel like there's that balance where I'm now, like now that I am working, you know, quote a a desk job, it's a better blend of I can move about, I can stand, I can sit, I'm going, I'm in the classroom where I'm moving around. So I am still physical, but it's not over the top in the sense of, you know, I'm putting myself at risk for straining my back because I have a heavy load of patients today in the hospital setting. Gotcha. Andy, your your star really took off in the ultra running world when I think there was only really one person in ultra running at the time that was doing it professionally. That was the only thing they were doing. That was like Dean. I think Dean was the first like person that's all they did was was ultra running. So you had to maintain a job. You had to, you know, you were a dad raising kids. You were working that that job. You were doing other things. You had this full life. When did when did you see that as a benefit that you had that some of these stars as the sport became bigger, as more people were able to to take some offers and say, okay, this is going to be my entire life. When did you see it being like, whoa, 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 I don't think this is, maybe this is not the best thing for longevity in this sport? Yeah, uh, excellent. For me, well, well, first of all, you know, I, I, I did have some nice sponsorships in the, you know, between say 2003 yeah. and 2015. And, but they were, they were um, generous, in in the kind of the old school way yeah uh, some of which i still have by the way and and in fact Brittany and i were talking earlier this week because my most generous sponsor patagonia has pretty much outfitted my entire family for the last 20 years wow <laughs> you know and that's that's not a bad thing right uh, um but um but you know i felt like for me uh you know as i was in my competitive years and it was a different it was a different competitive environment until about 2011, 2012, that, that, that working the balance of having the, that having the job, you know, the 40, 50 hour a week as a school administrator with summers off, uh, with, um, you know, things like spring break and so forth. You know, I was able to, at least in my kind of annual lead up to Western States, kind of do the same thing every year. And I didn't, I didn't really feel the need to do much more. Right. Um, and so what, what, what I think was so valuable in, in my experience and what I see mirrored in, in Brittany's experience is that you, you, you have a life to live. You yeah. have, uh, uh, you know, uh, a, 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 maybe a family to bring up or people to support or aging parents who are eventually going to need you. You know, you're, you, while, while we love in the sport of ultra running, living in the moment, I think the, the, the most enlightened of us realize there's a bigger picture. And, and one of the things that, you know, uh, really inspired me about Brittany when she ran Western States in 2019. And then as I've gotten to know her since then is this understanding of the big picture. I mean, running Western States successfully and Ryan, you you now have been there. You've seen it. It's a lot more than just a physical endeavor. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a cognitive endeavor. It's a, it's an emotional endeavor. It's a psychological endeavor. And you have to have the goods in that regard. And and sometimes if you have the goods in that regard, you can make up for possibly being a little bit less talent, naturally talented in the, you know, in the, in the sort of straight up physical. 
And and I saw that I saw that in Brittany, uh, you know, in 2019, those those intangibles. And so that's part of that. That's part of and, and, and it was a little bit of a mirror of me. You know, when I got my second place and I I, I think Brittany's going to go higher than second place, yeah. but we can talk about that later. That was as high as I ever got. Yeah. You know, I was still working full time. I was living in the Bay Area. I had little kids. I was driving back and forth to train on the course and so forth. But I knew that I needed all that in my life to make me a good runner. Um, and, and, and I think that's important for people. You're talking about the theme of the podcast. What can you do to make 2022 your best year? Know what you know about yourself. Control the controllables. You know, I could control. Look, I'm gonna still going to work. And then I'm going to take off on the weekends and I'm going to train for 14 hours and it's going to all be good. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to work again another week. So I think you really have to be introspective and ask yourself those questions before you make these kind of big decisions. Um, everybody right now wants to be adopted by Andy Jones Wilkins, knowing that his family is outfitted in Patagonia. Right. <laughs> like, Never mind the rest of it. <laughs> so, so Brittany, what is a, what does a week look like for you when it, when you're you know Andy's Andy's not doing this? Oh, we'll just take it. You know what? It's Christmas. Take some time off. You're getting you're getting the this is the big th- push. Western States is coming up. You're starting to get into that serious, hardcore training. These big weeks you're putting in this time uh, to get yourself race ready, but also balancing that 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 everything else you have to do. What does a week like that look for Brittany Peterson? So I want to touch on first because I do feel like there's an element of you know my job, or for any of us, like our job saves us from ourselves. You know, like I, it's January. I could be putting in tons of miles and never get to the start line at Western States because I've destroyed myself yep. too early. So I yeah. do think, especially like academics, it's perfect because when I want to really be ramped up, it's in the summer. Mm-hmm. You know, so right now I feel like having other priorities. I mean, it's hard to keep this mindset, but it really does save me from myself as long as I can stay focused on my goals, which, you know, like quality over quantity. That's Mm -hmm. how I've always trained. It's not I'm not pushing huge volume weeks all year round. Maybe there's sometimes in the summer when I have more flexibility, more time, I can push higher volume. But this time of year, I mean, it really it's it's quality. So I'm not spending hours and hours training. I mean, I certainly maximize. And that's I mean, what AJW said about like having multiple obligations keeps me more focused, which I've always been that way. When I was in season in college, I got straight A's. And when I was out of season, I procrastinated and I, you know, my grades dropped a little yeah. bit or you know, I just I struggled with motivation. So I do feel like it's easy to get lost in that comparison, but ultimately whenever I go back into reflecting, it's like I do better by having structure. And so right now my, let's see. So I think, I mean, I'm super, super fortunate that my direct supervisor, you know, we are like, you know, best friends essentially. So we get along super well. And then her supervisor above her, he happens to, he's a physical therapist and he, loves academia because he has summers off and he would do um, mountain rescue and ranger work in the Tetons. 
you know, so he's a super active, like pretty credentialed guy himself. So he, we just chit chat about outdoor athletics and mm-hmm. what, and he grew up in the Sacramento area. So he understands Western States. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I'm super lucky that the people that are around me and that are my, you know, superiors are really, really supportive. So, I mean, they even said, you know, we're having a, a, a beer one time, like the three of us and, and my, my boss's boss told me the only person holding you back is you, because as I, what I care about is that you're getting your work done and that your students are happy, you know, beyond that, I don't care what you do, you know? So they had said, because obviously I'd talked to them about part-time yeah. or should I, you know, I could take this leap into full-time running you know, and both of them obviously don't want me to leave. Yeah. You know, so they've said like, what are, what can we do to make this work for you? Which I'm very, very grateful for. But I mean, so some days, the days that I don't teach, you know, I can maybe take off a little bit early, get a longer workout in and catch up on emails. Half of my job is like virtual, like um, talking to different clinics in the, in the, in the community coordinating clinical rotations in the community. So a lot of it is, you know, at a computer. So I can catch up on that at any time or on the weekends or whatever. So it'll, it affords me more flexibility on certain days of the week. And then the days that I teach, you know, it's either I'm totally not a morning person as AJW is figuring out. <laughs> uh, so it is not uncommon. I, I kind of thrive at like four or five, 6 PM workouts. So that's, that's kind of just what I've adapted to anyway, where, where it's just, it's busy, but I can get it all in. So does that give you an opportunity to having that job? You've got students to teach, you've got, you know, coworkers. Does that help then? Cause I, I've talked to, to people that have made the switch to big time sponsorships professional running and sometimes there is and I'm not I'm not I won't call anybody out I don't want to say any any companies worse than any others but sometimes there's this pressure to race 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 do you think that having that job having those responsibilities is is almost a safety net against something like that where you can say to Phil Knight like listens listen swoopy guy I got I got papers I got a grade I I, I can't do this does that protect you in a way it's like no <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think, I mean, again, I think it's more so like, I'm really lucky that, you know, Nike is pretty supportive and flexible where they're not putting a lot on me, but again, it's saving me from myself of maybe I want to, or I could imagine like if I was financially dependent on, you know, running for an income or performing for an income, I think, I mean, that ups the ante a ton where that could be positive, but it can tip over into being really, really negative if it's like, well, I can't afford to have quality nutrition because I'm, you know, paycheck to paycheck and now I'm pushing myself too far. You know, it's just, I think it, it just lends itself to a lot more pressure that I'm (laughs) grateful that I don't have to deal with, but I've always also kept the balance of like, I get this opportunity. I'm really, really lucky to have this opportunity where I don't want my job to hinder me from things that maybe a professional runner could do. So like Nike just last month, you know, we did a promotion for the peg trail at a Dick's Sporting Goods. So they flew me out to Tennessee, you know, where I haven't done a ton of like promotional things like that, yeah. where I was happy that, you know, my job could allow me to kind of celebrate that other side of like, be a professional runner, go do these other things. So I think it's, it's, it's cool because the ball is kind of in my court of, I can use my job as kind of saving me from myself or things that maybe are not healthy, but then I can also 
flex the other way and like enjoy the the perks of being a professional athlete. Where in Tennessee did you end up uh, doing your your little run at? Um, in Knoxville. Oh wow, that's a cool part of the state too. Yeah, I wish I could have been there. It was kind of crazy timing where literally the the weekend of that promotion was when all of those horrible tornadoes went through that right. area. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, real quick, I, I got to get a silly question in every once in a while to break up the seriousness. <laughs> there, there are people bringing what? That, Right. There are people that are learning something here. They're going, I am inspired by what AJW and Brittany Peterson are saying. I'm going to incorporate some of this into my day to day. And now we're going to left field. And now we're going to go left field. Um, <laughs> if there was, let's just say it's, it's Western States it's 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 the it's the day before, you know. Team Nike is walking to the pre-race meeting, you know, all together in your fancy Nike kit. Who is the team that you see that you would start a West Side Story style dance rumble with? Who would be the other team that you're like, oh, I can't believe oh, those I can't guys, stand those people showed up. Who is your <laughs> who is your who's your dance fight rivals? The day before Western Is it States. Dan Hoka? <laughs> Is it <Yeah>. Team Hoka? <laughs> Are you snapping your fingers going, Hoka, Hoka? And they're going, Nike, Nike. And then you do like, who is it? Spill the beans, I, Brittany. You know, I don't really know. I mean, I feel like if you think of just businesses like yeah. Nike and Adidas, don't they seem like kind of competitors? But I don't know. <laughs> okay, so we're just going to go with Adidas. <laughs> that when Nike sees Adidas, that's that's how. Or- I don't know. I mean, that's just my like North Face. When you see the um, opinion, but when you see the North Face guys, like oh North Face. I don't. You know, I just feel like there's so many people that are just so amazing that I can't say that there's anyone there's like oh man they're here. I can't can't believe that. Well, I'm glad you answered it that way. I mean, from a podcast standpoint, if you would have said like. Those fuckers at Team So and So. That would have been the sound bite that would have yeah. that would have would have made the podcast explode. But people have been like, "Oh my god!" That would have been all that the people are talking about front page news. So I'm glad. Yeah, right. I'm glad that you're able to make right. sure everyone still loves you. Like I told you guys, you're the third smartest on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should change my answer to Patagonia just for a <laughs> Oh, there you go. I could edit that. Well, no, no, nobody would believe you. No conflict there. <laughs> so, then so, they'd really think you're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to seriousness. Andy, as a coach, you know, yeah. you, you you have to take into account Brittany's life. And how does that conversation go? Like, how do you figure out a training plan for an athlete at Brittany's level, taking into account all of these things and making sure that there isn't burnout and and how, how you, gotta, you there's a lot of factors in here. She even just admitted she's not a morning person. You got to figure that in as well. I know that threw me for a complete loop. You know, I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there waiting for her workouts to come in, and I'm on Eastern. <laughs> oh, she blew me off today. She blew me off. <laughs> I'll just look at it in the morning. Um, no, I, I, I think you know, I think it's important to at this point to acknowledge. You know, I, I, I um, inherited. Uh, Brittany had another coach, uh, Paul Lind, mm-hmm. wonderful guy. Uh, 
part of the Lind uh, family. Um, you know, his father, Bob Lind, was the legendary Western States doctor. That The family still shoots off the gun every year at Western States at the starting line. Um, Brittany's uh, partner, Cody, is Bob's grandson, Paul's son. So You can't get coached you by know, your boyfriend's and grandpa. It was, and, and it, <laughs> sorry? You can't, she can't get coached by her boyfriend's grandpa. It's my well, boyfriend's no, dad that's even she, harder. Oh. <laughs> she, was from, yeah, she was coached from her boyfriend's father. Oh, that's even – that, you can't do that. Maybe that's, a, maybe that's a story for another yeah. time. Nonetheless, Paul is a great guy. Yeah. He and I are friends. We've no, I've known him a lot longer than I've known Brittany. But I think it's important, you know, for anybody listening to the podcast that sometimes sometimes athletes change coaches. And, right. and in yeah. this case, you know, Brittany was um, was ready to change coaches um, this year, and um, and and so we ended up being, uh, you know, kind of finding a, a a relationship, a coach athlete relationship. You know, I'm very one of the things that I love about coaching Brittany and I love about coaching most of my athletes is I don't pretend to know to have all the answers. Right. So so just just take I mean, it's it's really great that we're having this conversation right now, because just take the, 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 the last couple of weeks and the next couple of weeks. Just to be clear, you know, because you asked the question about what does a typical week for Brittany Peterson look like? I think the first answer is there really isn't a typical week for mm-hmm. Brittany Peterson. Yeah. And I would say that's a good thing. But that in the coach-athlete relationship, there's a lot of give and take. You know, um, Brittany didn't just fall off the turnip truck. You know, <laughs> she's smart. She knows training pedagogy. She knows exercise science. She knows she knows Western states. Mm-hmm. I mean, she could be coaching herself at this point. Um, and so what I what I really think is great about this coach athlete relationship and could be great for hundreds and hundreds of coach athlete relationships out there is the give and take, you know, asking questions about a certain kind of workout, diving into the meaning behind it. What's the what what are what, what's our long range goal? What's our medium range goal? What's our short range goal? Everything. From that to, I mean, Brittany and I are still talking about, you know, what her spring tune-up race schedule will look like going into Western States. So those are the kind of conversations that I think are really important. And frankly, as as two people in academics, you know, Brittany and I are both sort of used to teaching younger people or teaching people who need to, who want to learn. And, but, but even learning is a give and take process. And so, I think that's the the biggest um, the, the the biggest what's what's exciting about this relationship, and also you know what 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 makes it always a challenge is you're you're not going to have all the answers. Neither is going to have all the answers, and from time to time we're going to you know maybe have a back and forth. But I think in terms of the inheriting from Paul, right? You know, Paul has had multiple years history with with Brittany, and and I have access to all that. I mean, yeah. heck, if Brittany goes uh, psycho on me. I'm just going to call him up, you know, and be like, hey, so uh, <laughs> she's lost it. She's gone off the deep like, end. Oh, yeah, she did that two years ago. Here's what you got to do. So, so. 
I know Paul would love to offer a support group for you. <laughs> <laughs> the coaches of Brittany Peterson support group. I coached Brittany Peterson and all I got was headaches and this lousy t-shirt. Right. You could, you could wear you could wear that one. Brittany, is there something that you're switching coaches going from your your partner's dad, which is an interesting dynamic, to Andy Jones-Wilkins. Is there something that maybe was an aha moment for you that having someone else look at your training that was a, maybe a little farther on the outside pointed something out where you're like, ah, ooh, that makes sense and kind of was a training aha moment for you? Yeah, I think, you know, like Paul and I, obviously, we have a great relationship. It it is complicated. It is just by nature going to be complicated. And I think that's kind of where we had decided, you know, we were, it just wasn't optimal for either of us anymore. Not right. that it was negative, like right. yeah. fantastic, but there's just complications of, is this family member, Paul, or is this coach right. Paul? And no, I like, can see yeah, that. Yeah. Right. Messy. When you're going out for dinner, he's like, Oh, how was that the tempo <laughs> right. run today? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. I mean, and, and then ultimately that's not fair to Cody. And then that's not fair to Cody and myself, right. you know? Exactly. So, yeah. so I think it was just, it was, something that needed to happen and both of us are on the same page with it. And actually I was talking to Paul about it over the holidays and, you know, like I know, I mean, obviously I'm just drawn to AJW because of who he is in the sport and his old school mentality and just, you know, diehard passion for the sport where that's, that's who Paul is as well. Like they're bred from the same, you know, same, whatever old school cloth yeah 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 there you go so cloth is a non-wicking fabric yes yes there we go (laughs) so um so really like paul was ecstatic when i announced who my coach was going to be where it's like he had said if anyone is going to take over because you know obviously he still wants me to see me succeed where he's like if anyone's gonna take over and do a good job with you i know it's going to be ajw so so it's cool to have that you know that support but it just you know, like I was talking to AJW kind of when I was in this limbo and, you know, and struggling with like change is hard changes. You know, that's a big change in an athlete's life um, where it just I kind of stumbled across it with AJW where he's like, I'll coach you. <laughs> and, and it's just like that was almost like a little you know answer to a lot of stress and just some clarity of like direction moving forward. So so, you know, like bumps in the road as far as just transitions and change. But I feel like there's been a lot of things that have occurred over the last few months that indicate like, this is a great transition. And, and I mean, and I even talked to like a sports psychologist at one point where it's like, you can have coaches in different phases of coaches have different strengths for maybe different periods of your career. Um, You know, so I, I feel like I'm definitely at that excited phase of, I learned a lot and I'm super appreciative of the time I had with Paul and I'm excited about, continuing to learn you know with ajw so but was there something that maybe he approached a little differently that for you you were like oh i've never looked at it this way before um you know and i i think the thing that really intrigued me it's like okay i know what i've done for training but i think ajw had said to me i'm really interested on in what goes on in between your ears you know what gets you to Mm -hmm. tick yeah. You know, and it's yeah. like, okay, well, you know, getting second to Claire in 2019, what was that? 
you know, like, was it really fitness? I mean, it could have been sure, but like, it was probably grit and determination. And she was able to get to that next insane level that I aspire to do. And that's probably between your ears. So I think for me, you know, at this phase of my career, you know, yeah, there's different things that maybe we can fine tune fitness a little differently or a little bit more efficiently or whatever. But I think the biggest thing is how can you keep strengthening your mental game, your confidence, you know, all of those other things that one, keep it fun to mm-hmm. prevent burnout. And then three, bring performance. By the way, I want to go back just for a second. You're talking about, you know, making that switch in coaches and you know, it's not, it's not, it's just different coaches for different times. And it worked out. All I could think of though, Brittany was, you know how people nowadays, they have those uh, gender reveal parties when they're having a baby yep. and they'll like blow up a, a, a building and like pink smoke will come out and everyone was, was like, blue oh, or was it's it a, a girl. A blue or a pink right? moment. Like yeah. I think somebody burnt a forest to the ground because they were trying right. to do something stupid. All I can imagine is there was a party and there and there was there was a box somewhere and you were like, okay, we're gonna open the, the box and find out Here we who go. Brittany's coach is. And you open the box up, it's a coach reveal party. This is, happens all the time in the professional running world. This is something where we're peeking inside the, 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 pulling back the curtain in the professional running world. And you open this box and a balloon with a cartoon face of Andy Jones no. Wilkins pops out. And I was like, oh, it's AJW! <laughs> Or it's, oh my God, it's right. AJW. <laughs> my money was on Sage Canada. Right. You know, or something like, something like that. This and then the balloon pops. Right. <laughs> or Andy pops out of a cake. <laughs> like, let's oh, like, I just had a bad visual. Yeah, exactly. Let's all, let's all go with that. Brittany, if you were to give someone listening to this right now some advice, someone who's thinking, you know, I want this to be my best year of running, but I also want it to be my bo- my most balanced year of running. What piece of advice would you give that person? I mean, I think I, I have loved that so many more people are talking about this. And I think the, the big thing is really do not get stuck in comparison. So that's probably the number one way to ruin balance. Yeah. You know, like I'll bounce things off of Cody all the time. And actually that was something when Paul and I started working together in the very beginning, he's like, don't compare yourself to Cody. Like Cody's another elite athlete and we live in the same house where it's like, oh my gosh, he's doing two a days or his mileage is this, or he's doing all of this stuff. Like that is the number one thing to destroy, I guess, just the happiness and the joy. And then to take away all form of balance Um, You know, and and obviously in your same roof is one thing, but then there's, you know, social media and Strava and all like I find myself right now where, you know, some of my training partners are collegiate athletes and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're running, you know, all of their easy runs at this super crazy fast pace where maybe I should. And then all of a sudden, you know, I ruined a speed workout day because the, the day before I ran too hard. You know, so I, I feel like balance in training, but then balance in happiness and balance in, you know, like running should be fun. Training should be fun. Racing should be fun. And I, I know that I, my little teeter totter is pretty sensitive to t- tipping over into things turn less fun. And then why am I doing that? Right. Same question to you, Andy Jones Wilkins. Someone's listening to this right now. They want to make this the best year of running ever. What is a piece of advice that you would give that person to have a great year of running, but have a great balanced year of running? 
I would say to balance what you want to do in your body, in, the, in your physical body, with what's in your heart and in your head. You know, so in your head, you might think, I want to do this race, or I want to run this event this fast, or I want to uh, uh, get my PR in something. And that's in your head. But ultimately, in your heart, it's like, what do I, what am I emotionally connected to? Mm-hmm. What is it about running? Whether it's signing up for the local 50K or trying to get a qualifier for Western States or or any number of other things. What is it that is really drawing me deeply emotionally to this thing? You know, part of why I really like where Brittany and I are is, you know, there's no doubt that she, with the Lind family legacy, has an absolute you know, connection and passion to Western states. And, and Ryan, you were there this past mm-hmm. year. You now, you now you get it, right? I mean, uh, there's something about that. And I mean, Brittany has a little bit of unfinished business there. I think she doesn't. She doesn't need to do another thing there in her life. She's got a second and fourth place, and yeah, you know, she's she's done what she's going to do. But but you know, there's still that. You know, and then there's other things that are out there that might have an emotional. A pull, and and I think we need to, as as a running community, continue to pay attention to what what is it that motivates us to get out the door every day, because it's yeah sometimes it's losing weight or making sure we don't have heart disease or all these other things that makes us exercise. But typically, if you move beyond that, there's something deeper, right? And and I would say for anybody listening to this, to make your 2022 a, a happy, successful year, find something that's emotionally connected and inspiring to you and go after it. Um, and, and in the going after it, you'll probably find some fulfillment that you might not have otherwise found. That's good stuff. Did you take notes, Jeff? I did. Good, because you're going to come back to this a little bit later on. Oh, dear. Um, before we go, Brittany, I want to give you a chance here. First of all, thank you. Uh, I think with you know with Andy Jones-Wilkins, the sky's the limit. It'll be great to see what you do this year, and I'm sure that when the Ultra Runner of the Year comes out next year, uh, you're going to be on that list, and I have a feeling you're going to be uh, a little higher on that list as, as you continue to see success. But everybody kind of has, you know, for, for those of us in the middle and the back of the pack, we all have this idea of what the elites do day in and day out. First of all, uh, you run 250 miles a week. At least. Um, your <laughs> slowest pace is six minutes. Um, you know, your speed work is at four minutes. You only eat tofu exactly. and spinach. Tofu, uh, uh, avocado toast. Spinach. And kale. Yeah. What is the most non-elite thing about Brittany Peterson? Uh, oh, I mean, this is so good. This is so good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like, what? Okay, so we just had Christmas break where we were like, let's go down to Arizona and train and, you know, like go adventure and all that stuff. And, like, Cody and I just really couldn't motivate to organized plans and the weather wasn't looking super great. So we weren't really just motivated to, to go anywhere. And I painted my master bedroom and I love it. <laughs> you know, I like painted, I mean, it's ultra painting. So I painted for like six plus I hours. Did, for I, two did, days in a row. I did that last <laughs> summer. Did you? Yeah. But I mean, it's like, I love doing normal things like, 
like that and, and my room looks really nice now <laughs> did cody do the ultra taping was he in charge of that you know he's like you kind of get a little bit perfectionistic <laughs> with out. some yeah. house projects like that so i'm gonna let you do it <laughs> do you tape or do you cut um, I taped for layer one and then I removed the tape and I did very intricate lines uh, without any taping Ooh. for layer two. What you don't know, though, is as Brittany was painting, she did have her watch on so she could upload that to Strava. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It definitely went on training peaks. I'm sure. <laughs> right. Right. I'm sitting there like, what is this four hour workout? What is <laughs> With like a 56 heart rate. It's pretty low heart rate. I was going to say, too, like last summer, was it last? Yeah, like 2020 summer, Cody and I did that 300 mile superior hiking trail in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. And we got back home to Idaho and we dug out our driveway and we made it where two cars could park in our driving spot. I mean, so it's like house projects. It's active recovery. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can't. And her next project's going to be plumbing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm eyeing that backsplash in my kitchen, but that takes a lot more skill than painting. <laughs> All right. Brittany, if I don't ask this question, people will leave bad reviews on, mm-hmm. on, on Apple Podcasts. What color did you paint the bedroom? <laughs> so, so Cody would say it's too feminine, but it's. <laughs> blue i mean it's like a gray blue but then the closet doors are a lighter blue so there's some nice contrast oh like that so, almost sounds like what you painted house, yeah. yeah do you are you probably the same the color silverish blue color yeah yes yeah, yeah. oh see cody lind called your right. house yeah. feminine See, no that's not too feminine <laughs> no. but there are like you know girly wall decorations no. and it really ties in all of the colors it's and- the new beige yeah. That's what they say. It is the new beige. <laughs> right. Brittany Peterson, again, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a great conversation that I don't think has had enough um, in the running world about maintaining that balance, having that that life outside, and being okay with being like, I don't want to run. Let's just go paint the Let's, let's paint that master. Let's have some donuts. That master bedroom. Andy Jones Wilkins, it is always a pleasure. Um, you are, I'm sure by the end of this year, you won't owe me any more money and you'll never have to hear from me again. <laughs> oh, Ryan, come on. I, I, I probably will still have, you know, a couple quarters I'm going to have to throw your way. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for everyone listening to this series of podcasts from the Adventure Jogger. We really appreciate you're, you're listening to it and downloading nice, it nice, and uh, letting us come along with you on some miles. Theadventurejogger.com is the place to go if you want back episodes and you want to look at gear. We even got Adventure Jogger jogging pants worth checking out. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode.